0: Welcome to Episode 2 in this series of the Better Value, Better Business podcast. And thank you for visiting today. I am your host, Alexandra Stacey. This episode is about our thinking processes and includes how we save energy and effort, the associative mind, priming, anchoring, classification and ego depletion. In hearing the term value, You probably conjure up pictures of prices and what you receive in return but I am not speaking of value in that hackneyed way but about value in terms of what is valuable. That first way of thinking about value is how we understand economic behavior and the second way to speak of what is valuable is about actual human behavior. They are different and so in order to understand your human stakeholders, we need to find out what the actual human behavior is. So I'll just explain this term stakeholders. And this is a term used for all your organizations, members, staff, contractors, suppliers, shareholders and any other influencers. It can also include the society in which you operate. So I will need to touch on some of the differences between predicted economic behaviour and actual human behaviour. Let's crack on. Here is a good example. In a wine shop which sold a variety of wines from around the world, the manager noticed a strange phenomenon. He tended to play music in the shop through the shop sound system and had a large playlist of music from around the world. But something strange happened. He observed that when French music was played, that there was a higher proportion of French wine sold than at the times when German music was played. And when German music was played, there was a higher volume of German wine sold. We have all been in shops ourselves when there is music playing and never dreamt it influenced our purchases. I don't believe that those wine customers were consciously thinking... Aha, I hear Debussy and Edith Piaf, and so I shall choose a French wine. But they still responded by purchasing that country's wine. And this is termed a priming effect. Did you hear the introductory music? How did it make you feel? Did your ears prick up and make you feel intellectually stimulated? Or perhaps you perked a bit more upright in your walk or seat? What did it make you think of? What did you associate with it? Here it is again. Instrument is a French horn, which in classical music is usually associated with forests and hunting, and therefore the wealthy nobility, and also magic. This traditional association going back hundreds of years is still being used by film composers in just these contexts. You can see this if you cast your mind back to some famous films. Uh, For instance, the prologue of Lord of the Rings and the theme for Rohan. It isn't that I am going to talk about magic or hunting, but the sound of French horns is associated with high value, which I am going to speak about. Plus, brass instruments are the colour of gold. So I am appealing to your associative mind to prime you to value this podcast more highly by using a French horn for the theme music. So just why is the mind associative? Humans make a lot of unconscious decisions based on something else, which I'll have to talk about, which is how hard our brains can work. So the brain tries to save as much energy as possible, and therefore our decisions and choices are made with little effort and reasoning. In 2011, a writer called Daniel Kahneman published a famous book called Thinking Fast and Slow. In it, he describes our everyday automatic thinking, which is based on experience, repetition and low effort. For instance, driving a car on a well-known route where the action of driving is almost automatic and needs little thought. Whilst driving the car on that road, we may well be multitasking, chewing gum and paying more attention to a podcast. Kahneman describes this as system one thinking. It is quick, easy and intuitive. But when we have to make a real effort to work something new out or abstract thinking, then we are using system 2 and it can be hard and effortful. Let me test you now. A book and a pencil cost 1 pound and 10 pence. The book costs 1 pound more than the pencil. So what is the price of the pencil? so I'll just ramble on here while you work that out and give you a few seconds of silence. It is very likely that the number of 10 pence crossed your mind because your system 1 mind is working and it decided to choose to do an alternative easier sum which wasn't the question but sounded similar, i.e. if a notepad and pencil is £1.10, and the pad is 1 pound how much is the pencil but sadly the question was a bit harder as the notepad costs 1 pound more therefore the notepad costs 1 pound and 5 pence and the pencil costs 5 pence yes i know it took me a while to get my head around that as i too have a mind that tries to avoid hard work and loves to use intuition instead if you got the correct answer That is because you engaged your system 2 thinking and you probably had to stop everything else you were doing to concentrate on the task. This kind of effortful thinking has sometimes been termed the rational mind. So system 1 makes decisions much quicker. But system 2 improves decision making. System 2 is better at withholding judgment and re-evaluating a situation. So what humans do, instead of doing hard mental work to find answers and make choices, is we use shortcuts and associations instead. In the example above, an easier question is substituted quite automatically by our brains. Back to the associations. One of the ways the brain saves energy and shortcuts is instead of having a separate file to represent every person, product and service we have ever encountered, instead it files it in roughly associative categories which are termed schemas. For example, you can find yourself doing this. When we meet people online, they appear with just a head and shoulders, and you think you get to know them quite well, but have you found it hard to spot them in real life in a crowd? Have you suddenly been surprised to find their height and shape are completely different to what you had imagined? And now you find it truly fleshed out. You have to revise what that person looks like and you put them in a schema of taller than me people or shorter than me people. Because we measure people relatively, not by actual measurements. For instance, those people who are 5 foot 10 and another category for people who are 5 foot 11. That would be a lot of schemas. And the brain likes to save energy, remember? So particularly spotting someone at a distance, you need to utilise the schema of size and shape. And so we find in in big shops that they tend to put similar things together. For instance, sofas and armchairs will be displayed together, whereas beds will be sold in a different area, or all the jumpers will be together in the clothing department so that if we are actively looking for them, we are more likely to find them as it has been put into a category which accords to our schemas. Just imagine if a shop displayed thing in, things in another way, perhaps by colour or letter of the alphabet. That would be better for customers who are ego depleted, who just want to browse and want surprises. But the great thing about schemas is that if we see a new object with four wooden legs and padded seat and back, we can instantly recognise it as a chair. So this is about knowledge representation and how we think, and it is relevant to our perception of value as we use these shortcuts and associations to evaluate goods and services. Let's return to priming. So priming is when we make associations with something to make sense of it. For instance, if I suggested a few words, without them being in a sentence, Adam and Eve, computer, New York, and then asked you to name a fruit, you are very likely to say apple, that is, something associated with all these ideas words, such as apple tree, apple devices, and the big apple, New York. So it also can be used to change how we respond. In one experiment when students were given words associated with the elderly it was measured that those students walked down a corridor more slowly than those students who hadn't been given those words. The idea of old age had not become conscious but their actions changed anyway. Humans try to make sense of information. For instance, we are all familiar with optical illusions, such as pictures of those staircases that appear to go on infinitely. And it takes some effort to see that it is impossible. It goes against our instinct. Another phenomenon is anchoring. Because as humans, we jump to conclusions easily and don't want to do the hard work. We will find it very difficult to evaluate price and value. An example would be at an auction when you are suggested a guide price. Generally, one is tempted to put in bids around that price and higher, or if you are asked to make a donation and you can see that a £20 note has already been put in. People tend to make higher donations than if just a small coin had been put in. This is because either we have no other way of working out how much we should pay, or we are feeling lazy. I mentioned ego-depleted customers, so let's just talk about that. A lot of circumstances need self-control to keep at a task that is effortful or out of your comfort zone. And after a sustained effort, the brain energy runs low on glucose. It is at these moments that we are very prone to temptation and System 1 low effort, quick and intuitive thinking comes into play. We are more likely to break our diets or make decisions we might later regret when we are cognitively depleted. One researcher discovered that people buy more products when the email is framed in businesslike terms when it is opened in the morning, whereas in the afternoon, the framing of the email needs to reflect leisure and fun activities for high sales to take place. And this is because in the afternoon and evening, people's resistance to tempting purchases is lower. So back to associative ideas again. These are ideas that are linked together in many, many ways so that one thought can evoke several others by association. For instance, have you ever noticed that in shops when sales are announced and cut price notices are put up, that they are printed in the colour red on a white background? or white on a red background, and always with a sans-serif typeface. This is to grab the attention of people, as it is a bold colour contrast. But now, after many years of conditioning and association, I view the colours red and white together with a sans-serif typeface to be associated with sales. Most people only have a couple of seconds glancing at a business card or website, and are likely to use only their associate a system one associative thinking to jump to conclusions about the value of that organization therefore i avoid the conjunction of these colors and typeface together in my own branding as i consider my offering to be very high value and worth every penny graphic designers are often specialists in this language of color and font associations Another insight in Kahneman's book is that if something is cognitively easy to absorb it is more likely to be believed. For instance a statement in bold type or text in bright blue or red is considered easiest which is I guess why red and white have been used for sales and cut price offers. Also prose text is more easily absorbed if it is in a rhythm or rhymes. This technique is used in advertising and in taglines, for instance, for mash gets smash, beans means hinds, with the addition of a little tune as our brains seem to remember music. So far, how can you use the knowledge you have gained? You can think about how you can prime your stakeholders, present information cleanly, watch out for how you present your stakeholders with choices Think about the associations people have with your brand. Represent your products and services in schemas or some more random way if you think your ideal stakeholder is an ego-depleted browser. And that rhyming prose could be useful in educational settings. I'm coming to an end of this episode and hope you have enjoyed it and found it useful. I will put a transcript of this podcast on my website a website at as-insights.com and I will put names of the references and books I have used. Next time we will talk about feelings and why they are important and I hope to interview a special guest who will talk about neuroscience and if it can detect emotions.